Welcome again to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. <laughs> you can do better. Come on, you can do better. I've heard you do better. <clears throat> Welcome to the Babbleheads Podcast with Bryson and Corey. It's the. This is a throwback to Top Gear, which you've never watched because you're not into cars. It's the greatest car show in the world. That's Jeremy Clarkson. But he said it's easy to do when there's only one car show in the world. But he he goes he'll do he says you're doing it wrong. He's like it's the greatest car in the world. He's like you have to have the pause. He'll be like. You can't just say, it's the greatest car in the world. No. It is the greatest car, pause, in the world. <laughs> mm. Yep, never seen it, never going to watch it. You should, dude. Actually, you'd probably really enjoy it because it's less about cars. It's more about four, or sorry, three middle-aged men falling down, mm. <laughs> which is pretty great. Yeah, everybody raves about it. I couldn't give two shits about it. You know what's funny about it? Is that everyone raved about it until someone got punched in the face by Jeremy Clarkson? Oh, that would make me watch it. <laughs> that's what he. That's why it's off the air. Well, it's not off the air. That's why Jeremy got fired and the other two quit was because. So this is what I read was that Jeremy punched one of the producers in the face. <laughs> Over in the face, <laughs> the greatest punch. In, in the, the world. world. <laughs> yeah, no, he punched a producer in the face over a steak dinner being done wrong. Yeah, that person should probably not be allowed on TV. He, well, he got an immediate deal for a way bigger TV show on Amazon. Uh, the reason why he did it, supposedly, is that he was upset and it was a long day and I think there was more to the story than that. Well, I mean, everything now with the nature of these kind of shows shows how, like, ridiculous their schedules are oh it's unbelievable dude if you watch the show you would understand because they're all over the world yeah like they're they're like yeah i'm gonna drive this ferrari along the italian coast and then the next thing you know they're in wales and the next thing you know they're in dubai or something or then they're in america and they do like these road trips that would be the ones you don't watch because you don't care about cars that much if you watch the road trips ones you'd think they were hilarious because there's ones where they'll go and buy like fifteen hundred dollar cars they actually did that in America. They did a $1,500 car road trip from Florida to, I want to say, Alabama or something like that. Mm-hmm. They were going across America in these cheap cars. And when they when they were in Alabama, they, they had a challenge because they do like challenges mm-hmm. to get the other... Whoever got the other one killed first won in Alabama. So... <laughs> They were able to decorate each other's cars in ways to get the other people killed. <laughs> so mm. <laughs> Richard Hammond was driving a Dodge pickup truck. And, <laughs> and James May wrote, Man love is great, okay? <laughs> in pink letters on the side of the truck. <laughs> oh, and then on the very back of the tailgate, it said, Country Western is rubbish. <laughs> I think most people would be confused. They'd be like, what is rubbish? <laughs> so, yeah, actually, the, that that special ended up ending short because they ended up, like, actually almost getting killed by people in Alabama. Fun. Doesn't that actually speak volumes about where our country is in some places? Yeah, man, free speech. <laughs> well, they were, throwing, they were throwing rocks at the camera vans and stuff, and, like, yeah, it was uh, fun. Yeah, you should watch it sometime. Um, it's an enlightening experience. Reminds me of the story of Bill with his $500 car. I don't know if you were riding the with The Mazda? I can't remember, but he was. Uh, we were going over to get, uh, I think it was lunch or dinner over at the I think it was a Mazda Center. 626. All I know, it was white and it was falling apart. Yep, Mazda. And uh, <laughs> we were sitting in the parking spot and this kid pulls up, young kid, like 18 years old obviously his parents bought him this like brand new mustang and he goes too far forward and scrapes the front all up and goes up on the curb (laughs) and bill without missing beat shifts it into gear slams (laughs) into the thing and just looks of him like what happened and the guy just turns sheet red and walks inside and i'm like i love the fact that he just didn't 
care. That car could have been totaled right then, and it would have been worth it to Bill. Because that was just the most amazing moment. Because here's this kid who probably that was his first car given to him by his parents, and it's a freaking Mustang. And he rolls in with this thing that I think it had crank windows, and one of them was held together with like a coat hanger. It was probably a V6. Probably. Not that you would care. Yeah. Transmission. (laughs) So... I think we definitely need to discuss cars a little bit. So, yeah. here's the deal. I need to enlighten Corey a little bit on the glory that is the automotive world. Yeah, and he's... No, 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 no. You're going to try and sell me on the fact that the world of automotives is glorious. No. All I need to do is show you that it is, because it is. It is, though. That's the thing. It's so, a great hobby. Hmm. Oh, it's the world's, well, not most, but it's one of the world's most expensive hobbies. That doesn't mean it's a good thing. Yes, it does. Drugs is a pretty expensive hobby, but that doesn't mean it's good. Nope. By my logic, they're great. Mm. All of the drugs yeah, are great. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Oh, God. So, I suppose I should start by asking you a question. Sure. What do you know about cars? Transmission. <laughs> um, so... When I was growing up, my my parents liked, well, my mom, she liked cars. So she would get brand new car every two years, buy it right off the thing, trade it in, or hand down one to my dad. So she always got, you know, nice cars. I mean, she had Thunderbirds before I was born, T-top cars, all these really fancy cars. But having nice cars was about as far as getting into the car world they ever got before I was born because they can't like fix cars and stuff or do their own stuff. My dad once did the oil change and it took him about four hours. Well, he really enjoyed it then. He spent some quality time with his vehicle. And now there was some cussing, swearing and saying... If you're swearing doing an oil change, you probably don't have any business with a wrench in your hand. Just saying. Mm. Although, although I did once get a call from my brother asking me to come and help him with his oil change... Just once, mm-hmm. because it was horrible. Yeah, see, I I don't see the benefit in any way, because it's not at all cheaper to change it yourself. Ah, see, now here's where I can... Sh- let me let me shed some mm-hmm. light on your situation for mm-hmm. you here. All right, so number one, nine times out of ten, an oil change place is going to use, let's just say subpar oil and they're going to overcharge you for that subpar oil so you're going to end up with oil that you could buy at walmart for two dollars and fifty cents a quart and they're going to charge you eight to ten you know because most of the time you go to an oil change place you're going to go they're going to have a deal they're going to say oh you get your oil change for 29.99 or 25.99 or whatever and you bring the coupon in and they say yeah you could do that but really really you shouldn't have the synthetic you know, so maybe you do the synthetic, uh, and you really should do your filter changes while you're here. Uh, you need a new air filter. You really need a cabin filter. We looked at that. That's really bad. Yeah, to all, to all told, it's going to be about one hundred twenty nine ninety nine. And people go, I need all this stuff. I need it. I must need it. They said I need it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Doing it yourself gives you the option to choose to not subject yourself to these things. So I do all my own oil changes. Well, on all the vehicles that I can do them on, like uh, the wife's car, I don't because it's under warranty and they want to do the oil changes, whatever. That still bothers me a little. Mm-hmm. But I I do my own oil changes because I'm very picky about the quality of oil that I put in my vehicle. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a difference in quality in oil. A hundred percent. In the same way, there's difference in quality in anything you can buy. Mm. So high quality oil, whether it be like a Mobile One uh, or uh, Amsoil Signature Synthetic or whatever. I personally prefer Amsoil just because I feel like it's a higher quality product. But here's the downside. It actually costs me more (laughs) to do my oil change myself Mm -hmm. than it does to do it at an oil change place. But... I am putting in a product that's of a way higher caliber. My Arguably. No, not arguably. It's scientifically provable. Arguably. All right. 
I don't I don't need to pull up the scientific studies to show you, but it definitely there it definitely is a difference. There's range. differences in particulates. There's all these different things. They put different uh, different types of um, well, nobody does Amsoil oil changes that I know of anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, some places do mobile, um, but whatever. And mobile's pretty good. Mobile one is pretty good. Um, Royal Purple is another big name, um, but there's there's several of them out there. But either way. I know what's going in my engine. I know that it's of a higher quality. And the advantage of doing a mobile one, or sorry, uh, AMSOIL signature synthetic, if you use their oil and their filter, it's good for 20,000 miles or one year. Mm-hmm. So it might cost me 75 bucks to do my oil change, but it's good for 20,000 miles. Mm-hmm. So does it really cost me more money? Does it yes. really? Not really. Because if you get your oil change every 5,000 miles at $40 a pop, I get to do four to your one or you do four to my one so that means you're actually spending 160 dollars to my 75 yeah but you're saying your time is not valuable my time is not that valuable <laughs> yeah, it is you, you almost said my time is va- and then you caught yourself and you're like oh it's like that time you said you could well, change all thing. four of your tires blindfolded in less than 15 minutes i probably could no <laughs> we talked about that. And you were like, "Well, maybe one, and they'd have to be set up." Yeah, if it well, if it was set up, I could probably do a couple in fifteen. Well, dude, not blindfolded. It takes me like eight minutes. Yeah, just yeah. and that's it's moving not, the jack around and stuff. Not gonna happen. I'd give you the car jacked up, the tires laying on the ground in front of each thing, and you literally just have to put the tire on. And I'd like to just see you do one in fifteen minutes. Line that thing up, get all the things to come. Easy mode. Easy game. I'd win. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, I, I can see it in my mind. You're just swearing and cursing as you're trying to get it. So the same logic applies to pretty much everything that I'm gonna t- that you would talk about when it comes to working on your own car. Mm-hmm. I don't think that in order to be a car person or a car enthusiast that you have to work on your own car. Yeah. I'm I'm probably in the minority there. I Just because I prefer to do work on my own car doesn't mean you have to, in my opinion. Um, but I like to work on my car because I know what I'm putting on it. So the same logic applies to an oil change. I know what type of oil is going in. I know what type of filter is going in because there's definitely a difference in the filters. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that if you ever want to feel bored and go on YouTube, you can see people take the filters apart. You can see the difference in how much filter materials in each filter. And there's pretty much a direct correlation in filtering to how much surface area you have based on how much you actually are able to filter out particulate wise. So the more basically the more filter material you have, the better the filter is. So if you've got twice as much filter in an Amsoil filter as you do in a Fram filter or whatever, that filter's twice as good. Essentially, there's diminishing returns at a certain point. Yeah, see, I I don't disagree with the things you're saying as far as like yes, there's you can spend more money on certain things and have it better. I just I guess I've never seen the point of an obsession with cars at all because to me and again like for me i shouldn't say i know because everybody has different hobbies obviously it's an extremely expensive hobby but for me a car is hey it gets me there reliably see where the difference is where the joy comes in is from a A to b so you think about miles per gallon i think about smiles per gallon that was the dumbest thing i think you've ever said (laughs) your face right now was oh no so here's the thing you drive that thing every day same drive to me i just kind of put it in freaking coast or what yeah cruise control go i get to work i'm done i do other things when i drive i listen to podcasts you know that kind of stuff i do too i do all those things i listen to podcasts i go from a to b the difference is i do it quicker than you no, I just, I don't think, I can understand that at times you'll enjoy driving, but I think 90% of the time, you're not like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. Yes, but for the 10% of the time where I want to have it, it's there. Yeah, but I think it, for how much money people spend on cars, it's just not worth that. But it's percentage. more than just driving for a lot of people too. You know, I don't mod my cars or work on cars just to drive them. It's to drive them. It's to look at them. It's to think about them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's a lot of things. I don't get... I, to me, I've never understood the fascination why this mode of transportation, in particular, is like all that great. 
Like, my uncle and grandfather built an airplane in their garage, and they fly it to this day. That, I can understand. That thing flies. That thing they did by themselves. That's pretty crazy. Well, most of the people that you think that you have that are car enthusiasts also basically build their cars from scratch. Yeah, but to me... You know, you start out, A lot of guys will start out with something that is basically not even a car anymore. Yeah. And rebuild it from the ground up. You're basically talking about the same thing. The difference is one is stuck in two dimensions... And one is in three. And that's the big thing. It's, it's a car. Would I like airplanes probably more than I like cars? Maybe. But I don't have the option for airplanes. You can just go out and buy a car. And yes, you can go out and buy an airplane. Yeah, actually. You but can definitely do that. I think, to me, built... And again, it's just to me. Obviously, there's Car guys have a saying. It. It's called built, not bought. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's an old car guy saying from way back. Mm-hmm. So guys who race their cars and stuff... You know, yeah, you can go out and buy a Lamborghini or Ferrari, and it'll do zero to sixty in two point three seconds, and it'll do a quarter mile in a crazy time. But to take a nineteen sixty seven Chevy and make it do the same thing as a Lamborghini, that's something special. Yeah, and that, but I think that the problem is, and I guess we're kind of getting lost in the extremes. You're at the high end where people like that yeah, are car enthusiasts really i'm using the extremes to come to a to come to middle ground yeah the, so yeah what i'm trying to get to is so cars like mine it's mm. just a daily driver yeah. it's nothing nothing special it's just a little civic right mm-hmm. yeah it happens to be the si trim so it comes with some sportier features it has more horsepower yeah. right but i took that and I said, okay, this is a good platform. It's kind of fun. You know, it gets great gas mileage. It's a good daily driver. It's reliable. And it has that little bit of fun element. So I took that. I added some better performance suspension. I put some stickier tires on it. And I put an exhaust on it that makes it a little bit louder. All so, it takes is a few things that tweak it to be just what I want it to be. So now, every time I get in it, it's something a little bit more special. Yeah, so... I get it, but I also, to me, especially with you being how financially savvy you are, to me, I feel like a lot of people with cars get this blind spot where, like, we got to pinch, save, do this, and then it's like, but we'll go ahead and have this car payment for the rest of our lives. (laughs) And it's like... Well, there's a reason why I don't have, like, a Mustang GT350R sitting in the driveway. So you've been at least a little bit more responsible with it, but it's like... I don't understand how, for me, I've always seen as, like, either you find the guys that are just insanely good mechanics that can take something and find all, like, good parts, but cheaper. You know, they're not going and getting, you know, all this stuff that's costing them tons and tons of money. But they can build up a car and make it run pretty well without having to put an absolute butt ton of money in it. And then you have these people that are just like throwing cash at the car, watching it disappear. And I just don't. That, well, you, to me, that there's feels also like guys a, that are in the middle. So, well, that's the rich man's thing. And I, I know several guys who are amazing mechanics, really know their way around a motor in a car, can weld and build to you know the best of standards, and also have a little extra money to throw at it. So they end up building something that's like, that's cool. So like one of my friends has a um, a 51 Chevy pickup. Mm-hmm. And he built it basically, you know, he got he went out and bought a 51 pickup shell. And he basically spent oh, a year, better part of a year in his garage rebuilding this 51 Chevy. <clears throat> and now... You're going to have absolutely no idea what I'm about to say, but it has a blown 383 stroker in it, which let me, yes, it's called a stroker. (laughs) So what that is, is a Chevy 350 engine, which is a pretty common V8 engine with, that is, um, made more. (laughs) Mm. So bigger is better. It gives it more displacement basically, um, which Allows for the creation of more power. And blown means that it's got a supercharger on it. So it's a supercharged V8 that he put in it. <clears throat> and he, you know, redid everything. He, I mean, it's beautiful work that he did. I mean, everything that he did was basically custom. He's got racing seats in it. And it's got, you know, airbags or whatever suspension in it. And a fuel cell for racing and stuff like that. It runs on friggin' race fuel and whatever. And it's an awesome, awesome vehicle. 
that he built in his garage. And he's not a mechanical engineer. He's not, you know, mm-hmm. he's not some crazy smart guy. I mean, he's very smart, but not like, uh, you know, doesn't have a college degree or anything. You don't need that kind of stuff. I think that's part of the appeal of it is it's simple enough to understand, but then you can build on that and become extremely good at it. And that's probably like the 13th car he's built or more because he just does them and he'll he'll build one, drive it for a little while, sell it. That 51 is probably the only one that he's kept. Yeah, again, it's a personal thing where I just don't, the amount of joy that, I guess part of it, yeah, would be building it. And obviously I'm not saying that it doesn't require any hard work or skill because that's absolutely the opposite of what I'm trying to say. It's just, I don't understand, and again, it's just me, I don't understand the fun of being like, okay, this thing I'm going to spend very little time in, I'm going to put all this time in. Okay. Think of it this way. You like puzzles, right? Yeah. So how long do you spend working on a, say it was a fairly complex puzzle, and you spend 10 hours working on it, mm-hmm. and you complete it. You get that feeling like, nice. Like, you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, I just accomplished something, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do with that puzzle afterwards? sit it on a shelf maybe i don't know if it's like an actual puzzle like a 2000 piece picture puzzle maybe you'll frame it stick it on your wall you look at it once a year right so think of it this way it's a giant puzzle that takes you a year to solve and then instead of just looking at it you get to drive it yeah i guess it comes down to the money for me where it's just like i was nervous nervous enough building my own pc with like a couple grand that I put into that, that when it comes to a car, it's kind of like, I don't know. To me, risk versus reward just isn't there. And again, it's just for me. There's not a lot of risk. There really isn't. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of risk when you get into the higher end. Like if you're out racing your car or whatever and you're doing a bunch of mods to it, yeah, of course there's risk there. But I find it hard to say that there's a lot of risk and not very much reward. I think there's a lot of reward and not a lot of risk. There's a lot of money involved. I'm not going to deny yeah. that. Financial Although, risk. if you want to be a car enthusiast and you want to do it on the cheap, you can do that. You can be the guy with an old B-series Honda hatchback with you know eBay fart can on it and eBay this and eBay that. And you might have bought the car for 1000 bucks and you might have put 3000 bucks into it get an ebay turbo kit and everything there's guys out there with these old hondas that have 400 horsepower and they spent less than ten ten thousand dollars i almost said ten dollars i spent less than ten dollars on my 400 horsepower honda there you go uh yeah i just i don't know i get it i i i guess a little bit more because i've never really thought about it the appeal of making something that does a certain thing so, for instance, this reach a certain horsepower, go it's a always a goal. Speed. Always a but goal. When I Jake built that truck, he was like, "I want it to have at least five hundred horsepower." And I, I guess I don't know. Like I said, I can, I can't understand it, but people are free to do what they want. For me, my Civic was I want thirty miles per gallon because it's a daily driver. My goals were thirty miles per gallon plus. Mm-hmm. I want to do zero to sixty in six seconds or less. And I want to be able to go around a corner like it's going to rip my face off. See, these were my goals when I got a car. I want to get in the car, have it start, get to where I go, need to go, turn it off, then be able to get back. See, well, in your day job, you know, you design stuff, right? Mm. Do you design it for 100% function only? No. So there's aesthetics to it. But it has to be 100% functional. Right, obviously. Mm-hmm. So would you just say, oh, this is a 100% functional desk. It has a piece of wood on top that you can place things on. And it has four posts that it sits upon. And there you go. Desk complete. No, that's the equivalent of an economy car. Here's a th- here's an object with four wheels and a combustion engine. It goes. Enjoy it. What's wrong with that? That's the There's thing. nothing wrong with a desk with four posts either. Like your but desk. nobody <laughs> wants my desk. 
<laughs> your desk then is screwed to the wall so it can stay up. Hey, be easy on the desk, okay? I'm, I'm nervous I'm going to kick this leg and the whole thing is going to come crashing down. Don't worry about it. The leg is very strong. Don't kick the leg. <laughs> Swoop the leg. Swoop the leg. No, so that's... I've never viewed... And I think this is my... I don't want to say issue with it because it's your money. You do whatever you want. But I don't understand why cars are such a huge status symbol. See, I'm not... And I think it's because it's just frivolous spending. I'm not really into the whole status symbol portion of the whole car scene thing. No. Um, I enjoy cars for my own personal pleasure. If somebody else likes it, it's more of... You know, especially if it's something that I've worked on and and done custom stuff to that makes it more mine. And then someone comes up and says, hey, that's really cool what you did. Then that's a good feeling. You know, you like that. Same as anything else. If you create something and someone compliments the thing you create, you're like, mmm, thank you. But, you know, I totally forgot where I was going with this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, to get it back on track, you know, we've talked before about if we could have any car or whatever... You know, what we would get, new, old, whatever. And I told you that I'd love to get the same Lincoln that we used to have at our house in Florida. And and I had no problem with that. But for me, it's not, it's because of obviously the memories I had in it. I love the look of that car. Dude, the old, I know it wasn't one of these, but the old Suicide Door Lincoln convertibles are freaking awesome. And I mean, this, it was a pretty, it was the first, I think we looked it up. It was the first one to have the electric seats in it and everything. Yeah. It was like the first, one of the first cars in the world yeah. to have that. So it was a nice car and I used to love that thing. And then my grandfather it was a sold it for a hundred dollars to a junkyard. Still ran, just was not very reliable because it sat half the year and, uh, we looked it up and in a non-running condition, it was worth what? Four or five grand. Yeah. 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 And he sold it for $100. Because weird car people that you don't understand would buy it and restore it because they like the car. See, that's, I think that's the car people I can understand where it's an appreciation of something like that. Then there's these people that put the stupid spoilers on their car. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That just look absolutely ridiculous. I get it. They have a function. Some of them do. When I was a kid drinking that Mountain Dew, I'm like, I got to put a spoiler on this because that looks so cool. And now it's like, that is so stupid. It depends on the car. It depends on the spoiler. And it depends on the application. So, like, (laughs) people always like to make the joke, like, because spoilers are aerodynamically for downforce. The idea is... The air going over the spoiler pushes the car down into the ground, which is good for traction. So people will often make fun of front-wheel drive cars, like my Honda, for having spoilers on them. Mind you, I don't have a spoiler on mine, but they make fun of them because, you know, as you're going faster, you're putting downforce on the rear of the car, which lifts the front of the car like a lever. So therefore, your drive wheels don't have as much grip as they need. Um, But obviously, that's kind of a nuanced thing i mean there's a lot more to that equation but in cars where handling is important at high speeds spoilers are a must see i don't know i I, again i get it i get that they have a purpose but i think it is also i will grant you that it is dumb to put them on a car that can't go over 110 or 120 miles an hour. That's I think that's my biggest issue is you run into the people that are quote unquote car people. Car enthusiasts. That are just these douchebags that like, you know, you've run into those people I'm sure. Where I they see just, one in the mirror every day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There you go. But I just, I think I haven't been around it enough that the people that do like I hate when people make the really loud exhaust and all this stuff. And you're just sitting there and then you're deafened as they like take off and drive like idiots through the city. All right. So here's a question for you. Is my exhaust too loud? No. I don't think so. So it's okay. I'm in the level of acceptance. Yeah, but you also don't drive like an idiot in the middle of cities. I occasionally do. Not often. Yeah. But it's, you know... 
when people have the obnoxious loud cars with the spoilers and these like the black carbon fiber fake hoods that aren't carbon fiber and all this stuff and they Pump drive the brakes. they drive through Rome and they cut you off and are swerving through traffic and then you end up passing them because they get stuck in traffic anyway that's just like motorcyclists those are the people Pump that the brakes most of the carbon fiber hoods are really carbon fiber I bet you except when they're peeling up and you can see the paint underneath it Except for when you can see the paint. Do you think I there's a specific car I'm talking about right now? No, maybe? it definitely couldn't be. Because, <laughs> for example, my brother's STI has a... He put a, a second carbon fiber hood on it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people put carbon fiber on their cars. I love carbon fiber. I have I a carbon fiber cool wedding band. Yeah. I think what makes me laugh about a lot of car things... And, I mean, obviously, this is in general. But it's like they create something new that creates a new problem. So, like, the carbon fiber hoods, they have to create the things that hold them down. Hood pins. Yeah, hood pins, because my brother has hood pins. flipping their car hoods up. It happened to my brother. It <laughs> actually think... happened to him. He was driving down the road, 60 miles an hour, do-do-do-do-do, having a good time, uh, driving along, wham! <laughs> hood just went, kubloo! <laughs> so, not only do you have to replace the hood, you have to replace the driver's seat when you shit yourself. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. That's actually a myth. Like carbon fiber hoods in general are really any lighter than a regular hood. Hmm. Believe it or not, because most of your carbon fiber hoods, now that's, don't take me wrong, car people, most carbon fiber hoods that you buy off the shelf like Sabon and all those different companies, Saibon, however you want to say it, um, they don't use the lightweight carbon fiber technique. So in order to make carbon fiber and make it super lightweight, what they do is they actually have to vacuum it. So they... Uh, hyper pressurize it it actually sucks the um the um it's a whatever the material they use it's like an epoxy to make the carbon fiber hard kind of like with a fiberglass they suck it so that it absorbs into the fibers super efficiently and there's very little of that resin left behind and that's what makes it super strong and super lightweight when they make a lot of these carbon fiber hoods they don't bother with that extreme vacuum process so you end up with a lot of excess resin which means that the the weight's really not any different than like a fiberglass hood. It's basically the same. Actually, I spoke with someone um, about it from a company that makes carbon fiber stuff, and they basically told me like on a car like an STI or another performance car, a lot of times they already are shaving weight off panels like that, so sometimes they might even be heavier. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I think that's something that. So it's all, it's 100, so if anybody tells you that they bought it to make it go faster, they're probably wrong, and all they bought it for was to make it look cooler, which, let's be honest, most of the time it looks cooler. Yeah, depending on the colors. Black and carbon always looks good. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, um, so you know I used to work at a company that did vinyl wraps and stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I always wanted to do like a dark gray car with like black accents so something really subtle so not like my black and bright red yeah which is just obnoxious and like not appealing at all but like (laughs) something yeah there's something that's subtle and like classy but has like a unique look to it not these people that are like i'm gonna put a racing strap down the middle of this it's gotta be red because red means i go faster yeah it does it does mean you go faster Yes, it's physics. Red is the lightest color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's so that's why you get pulled over so much. The red wheels. You know, funny story. I've never gotten pulled over since I got those red wheels. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Actually, the car that I got pulled over the most in was my old Impala. <laughs> that thing's still kicking it. It is. That's a good that's a good car thing. So you know why that car still runs so good? Because I maintained it myself. Yeah, with the uh, chicken wire to hold up the bumper. I remember that. Oh, no. That was just in college. It was chicken wire to hold up the radiator. Oh, yes. yes no, it yes, wasn't the bumper. Thing. The bumper was holding the <laughs> that, radiator. That was the same car we went to go and ride somewhere and your rearview mirror fell off. That was because I had way too big of subwoofers in there and it rattled the mirror off. I remember that. That was a good time. It actually took a chunk of glass with it, too, which is very unusual. Usually, it just, the stone that holds the mirror comes off with it. No, the glass broke. Yeah, see, I think it was funny that uh, 
You used to get so upset because you thought your car was so unique, and Impalas were like the car to drive. At that yeah, point. except for that it was the Impala LS Sport. <laughs> it, it was bit, the Sport. It had the Corvette style taillights. It had a little bit different taillights, so it's a different car. It is a different car. Yeah. Everybody looks down and sees that car and like, hey, look, it's Bryson. Oh no, that's another Impala. Oh, maybe this is him. Like waiting so, for you. When to I pick sold me that car, when I sold that car. <laughs> For $600, it had 318,000 miles on it, and I just saw it driving through town the other day. It's Camden, man. People are going to drive. There's pro- that's probably on the low end. <laughs> I don't know. 318,000 is a lot of miles on a Chevy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If it was a Honda, you'd be like, ah, show me a million. That'll be cool. Hondas. So, uh. What do you think your next car is, and we're going to compare it to mine? Like, have your next dream car, and your next, like, reasonable, but, like, dream car. And then next car that would be more reasonable that you'll probably get. So, I have been very seriously considering an Infiniti. Mm -hmm. And probably one that most everyone has not heard of. Most everybody's probably heard of the Q50. That's their, like main flagship luxury lower end not lowest end but like middle end um executive car and they make a few different varieties of it they have the regular q50 which comes in like three trim packages or whatever you know like the premium or whatever but then they have the q50s which is the q50 sport it comes with like bigger brakes and like a couple little things and then they have the uh, Red Sport 400, which is a really neat car. That's a twin turbo with over 400 horsepower. But it has a few downsides, like the fact that it gets very poor gas mileage. Um, and if I'm talking about my next daily driver, it's got to be pretty reasonable because I drive a lot. So they have a model that is very under the radar, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Q50 Hybrid Sport. So they have a hybrid Q50, and it's not a Prius. So most hybrids, what they do is they use the electric motors as a supplement to the gas motor to give you better fuel economy and whatnot. Well, Infiniti, in um, kind of conjunction with a lot of other companies that make performance cars now, um, Honda's got one, or Acura in America has one, um, the NSX, the Ferrari LaFerrari, and the um, McLaren P1 are all hybrid cars. But the difference is, instead of trying to get better fuel economy, they use the electric to create more power. Mm. So the Infiniti Q50 Sport, the normal Sport, has 300 and I want to say 325 horsepower, something along those lines. The hybrid Q50 Sport has 360-something horsepower. So it's actually faster and more powerful than the Q50 Sport, and it gets 35 miles to the gallon highway. Hmm, And it's a luxury car, and it does 0 to 60 in 4.7 seconds, which is faster than most everything on the road. I mean, obviously, don't crucify me out there, people. It's not faster than, like, you know, high-end Corvettes or anything like that, but it's it's as fast as most sports cars, except it's a family four-door sedan, and gets 35 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my not really reasonable but reasonable car, which may not sound reasonable, is the, like, the cheaper Tesla. It's not really that much more. It's like the same. No. I think they're less than the Q50 yeah. hybrids. So that is kind of... I'm still not sold on the whole thing. All right. I have some feelings about Tesla. We can talk about that in a second. <laughs> but I have some friends that live out in California and they drove their Tesla from there to here, you know, and they, did uh, they have a lot of fun stopping? They stopped a few times, but well, more they than a didn't few. seem to mind it. More than a few. Let's yeah. be honest. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, it has the thing where it can program yep. your route for you. Plots your so, route based on the charging point. And I've been in them and I, I just love the inside of them and the idea of them. Yep, I do too. I'm not sold that it's going to save you money because you still got to pay for the electricity. So we'll see how your electric And you now goes. have to pay for supercharging. Yeah. They did away with the free supercharging. Yeah. But you also get a lot of kickback for buying 
something like that. Like Not that, that much kickback. Not it's about in New York State. It's ten thousand dollars, give or take. So, the Teslas are subsidized by about $10,000 government money. Yeah. And then, my, and this is where our, we vastly different. My most likely next car is going to be something that's really good on gas. That's kind of like a small SUV. Because now that I've got the dog, I need more space. Because the crate I bought him. Just get a car just like my wife's. The crate I bought him does not fit in my car. Get a car like my wife's. It'll be perfect. <clears throat> I don't like Subarus. How dare you? I know. I'm pretty sure at the end of this, anybody that's a car guy is just going to, you know, judge me. Why don't, tell me. Why don't you like Subarus? I think Is it the just... fact that everyone who, who drives a Subaru wears a sideways hat and vapes? No, I think the <laughs> issue is that, like, I never trust anything that slaps you in the face with, hey, we're Subaru, we're good. Like, anything that's like, we're the best, everybody loves us, we're so good. And then the people that drive Subarus are like, Subarus are great, you should get one. Maybe it's because, Corey, they're actually pretty great. Maybe. (laughs) I mean... I've owned two. Yeah. My dad's had two. My Dodge? Pretty awesome. Even though I just put quite a bit of money in it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, That's the big question, Corey. You put money into it. Like, how often? Pretty often. No. See, it's been... A couple times a year, dude. No. Since I've no, since I've been... Since we've been... Since we had worked together, it was several times a year that you were putting money into it. That, I mean, you gotta... That thing's like seven, eight years old now. So... Yeah. It makes so is my Honda. Issues have been coming up. Got so many issues in my Honda. Yeah, None. because... No, you've had issues because I've seen you fix them. And then you drove it through the front door. Which ones... Uh, which issues did I have? All I had to issues. replace brakes. All the issues. I had to put brakes on it. That was rough. It's such a big Remember, repair Remember... I forgot what it was, but you had some sound or some squealing going on. That was the brakes. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Fake news. It was totally the brakes. Um. Anyway, let's talk about Tesla and your thoughts on Tesla. Okay. So, you kind of got my idea where... I oh, no. like the idea, but I'm not sold on it. I like the idea of Tesla. Um, I like the fact that it's trying to bring electric cars into vogue. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I don't think that... I personally don't think that strictly electric cars are the future. I think that batteries have too high of limitations to make them a viable... Really, truly viable means for transportation. Um, not saying that it can't be done, but I just don't see it being the most efficient. I think that... In order to replace something like the combustion engine, you have to come up with something better. Yeah. And electric cars just aren't. I And I don't know if we are... Because I feel like we're getting close to the limits of what batteries are ever going to be capable of. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will get better. But will we ever get 10 times better? You know, will we ever be able to take a Tesla and charge it in the amount of time that it takes to fill up a gas tank? Yeah. Probably not. So the majority of people are not going to adopt something that's worse. It's just the way it is. And yeah, it might be better for the environment. It might be faster. It might be whatever. It doesn't really matter. If people can't go on a thousand mile journey in the amount of time it takes to go a thousand mile journey today, they're not going to want to go a thousand mile journey in something that takes to go longer tomorrow. Which is kind of funny because something quite the opposite happened with airplanes because there was the concord jets that flew like a ridiculous speed got you there so much faster but for whatever reason they just i don't know why they they weren't cheap enough to operate i think is what it comes down to it was like a it's one of those diminishing returns situations i think it also kills me that people don't want to do like bullet trains and stuff well man i'm mixed on those two because they kind of i feel like in america they don't really work. Of course they do, dude. Could you imagine jumping right now on a bullet train and being in Florida in like a couple hours? They won't have a bullet train through here. It would leave from Syracuse. It would leave from New York City. You know how expensive they are to build? They work in places like Japan because it's the size of Maine. I don't know. I think it could work. Our country is many other countries put together. Think about that. And Have this, you actually seen how big the U.S. is compared to a lot of things? Because most, like, globes and stuff are horribly inaccurate. Yes. 
Yes. Have you seen how big Alaska is compared to things? Yeah, but you know that you can fit, like, the lower 48 inside of, like, Africa. Yeah. Africa's a continent. Yeah. America is not. I don't know. I just, I think that that kind of stuff. You can't fit all of North America in there. I think the problem with that, electric cars and all this stuff, is that it's going to require major change in the government level. Like, for instance, if they built roadways that could accommodate electric cars and, like, charge them as they went, that would be amazing. You know how long it would take to get that put I don't everywhere? think I want the radiation of wireless charging to be going through my body the whole time I'm driving. It would only be on certain areas, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's good for you. I'm my, definitely not going to get all the cancers. Yeah, my big issue, too, is... Uh, with the electric cars, is what happens to the batteries after they're, like, dead? They have to be replaced. And yeah. they're excruciatingly expensive. Yeah, I'm no, I know that, but I'm talking about, like, what happens oh, to Oh, just the, environmentally? Yeah. That was actually a funny story dating back a long time. The um, the whole Prius thing, back when they very first come up, came out, I, um, I read an article, and I don't know how true this is, so it might be fake news, but... <laughs> um, a Prius actually did over the course of 15 years, which was like their estimated lifespan of the car, basically, um, saying that it did more environmental damage over the course of 15 years than a Suburban mm-hmm. just because of the nickel cadmium in the batteries that they were using to build it. Yeah. Well, so here's an honest Because nickel mining is not pretty. Have you ever been in a Prius? Yes. I have. I'm not. I like the occasions. inside of the Prius. I can't actually confirm nor deny. The problem is the outside. Of the, Prius. the problem with the Prius is that it's literally, it's it just stands for everything that I can't stand for. And actually, one of my uh, one of my friends, one of my good friends, we tried to convince him. We tried to convince him. He drives a lot for his job, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a uh, Mini Cooper S fun little car he got rid of that and got a uh volkswagen gti golf gti fun mm-hmm. little car got rid of the gti got a uh, ford focus st another fun little car and then he decided to make a change and he traded in his ford ford focus st for a prius i don't know i i used to be one of those guys that like oh you drive a prius that's funny but i really don't care anymore all right, so there is the thing that annoys me about Priuses is that there are so many other better options available to you than a Prius. Now, just in general, yes, um, because you don't have to have a hybrid to get good fuel economy. You just don't. So, I would rather see somebody buy something that is more economical, cheaper to buy, cheaper to maintain, doesn't have batteries to worry about going bad in ten years. And still get excellent gas mileage, which is 100% possible and happens all the time. Yeah. It's not as good, but it's very close. So like a Mitsubishi Mirage, for example, they're not that nice of a car. So don't don't quote me on them being as nice as a Prius inside or outside or whatever. But a Mitsubishi Mirage, you can buy one brand new, roll it off the showroom for about 15 grand. Yep. They're very, very cheap. They're a three-cylinder. They're not even a four-cylinder, a three-cylinder. But they have power windows. They have cruise control. They have, you know, they have all the amenities you would need. I think the new ones come with Bluetooth. Um, and they get 40 to 50 miles to the gallon. And it's not a Prius. Yeah, see, I, the only and, thing I miss, because I, when I turned 16, my mom, I had always loved the Oldsmobile Aurora that she had. I remember that car. Yeah. And uh, I always wanted it, so they gave that to me on my 16th birthday with, like, dents everywhere because my dad had driven it for the year prior. So I had to remove all the stains from the leather from the car, the not the car parts, but the engine parts for the car wash that he had in there. Oh, it was horrible. But I cleaned it up, and uh, that had a pretty nice engine in it. And it could get up and go. And then I got this car. Huh. To your standards, yeah. not to mine. Yeah, but this car, I floor that thing on the regular. And it's just kind of like... Eh. For the record, he has a Dodge Avenger. Yes. Doesn't Which, do much Avenging. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's got a badass name. But you hear that thing coming, and you're like, oh. 
It's like the B team of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of the Hulk, it's the bulk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. But I like it. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, but you could do so much better, man. I don't care. You could you could have so much more joy in your life. No. Imagine the feeling of getting in your car every morning and going, Yes. Thank God I get to drive this to work today. I say that now. Why? Because I'm thankful to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But I think in conclusion of this is, you know, I I don't fault anyone for their hobbies. I've just never seen the draw for it. But I guess maybe now I have a new respect for it because of the job we work where you're trying to constantly make something better. I just, to me, to me, I don't think the investment in the money will ever be worth it. But I mean, then again, people will go and they'll get boats. They'll get campers or things they can't use more than half the year. That's what I'm saying, man. ATVs, whatever. I'd rather spend my money on something fun that I drive every day. Makes sense. But yeah, I think that was a pretty good one episode i Uh, I don't think i convinced you enough nah well maybe we'll have another maybe we'll go to a car show i it's gonna take a lot of convincing to convince me you came to a car show it was the world's smallest and most insignificant car show that i just put on (laughs) it'll be good it'll grow you gotta just actually try but uh i think it's gonna take a lot to con it would take a lot to convince me that i need to get into certain things with my car um, and it's funny because we'll kind of end on this, which is I remember being a kid going to my mom and be like, I think it would be really cool to be a mechanic and fix cars as a job. And she looked at me and goes, no, you're going to college. <laughs> and that nothing against my mom, but that's just kind of how our parent, like, I'm sure your mom would probably have said something similar. Eh, I don't know. I think so. Maybe. I think so. I think even your dad would be like, no, you're going to do something else. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just that's how they were raised. That, you know, you you should go to school and get this job. Or your kids should go. And, like, that's what everybody, all of society was saying is, like, you need to go and get this job. But um, that's a whole other thing. But I think uh, you'll get more shots to convince me. It's well, going to take a while. I will get there. And then after this podcast, I'm going to go bolted ladder-sized spoiler to the back of your Avenger. I'm going to do it. It's going to be carbon fiber, too, but it's not going to be real carbon fiber. It's going to be, like, just primered metal with carbon fiber vinyl on it just to make you mad. No, it's just going to be two by fours in the shape of a spoiler. With carbon fiber wrap on it. I'm doing it. You just wait. You're going to walk out of your apartment you're going to be like, Yeah. Damn you, Bryson, you've done it again. Yeah, well, now I think you'll have plenty of people that will want to help you with that endeavor. So I should reiterate, (laughs) I have nothing against car people. I just don't get it. I'm sure I have hobbies you don't get. That's That's probably true. That's That's probably true. You like painting figurines. Yeah, and painting. Yeah, I'm not a painter. Well, unless it's on a car. Yeah, so we don't know. Hey. Pretty well. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there we go. Good job. Yeah, bye-bye.